Welcome to HB RV Lifestyle, the podcast. I am the host, The Honey Badger, here to give it to you straight and transparent about the RV business, as well as other things. Uh, this is a, a, a very important episode for people to listen to if you're a current RV shopper slash buyer, a future RV buyer or shopper, and if you currently RV. This is going to be information that needs to be shared. And I believe everyone from the RV factory down to the customer really needs to hear these things. So I'm going to cover three topics. The first topic I'm going to cover is going to be basically a game plan of where I would be when it comes to these issues. construction issues that Grand Design's having. And what, I I covered part of the plan yesterday, but I've been sick as a dog. I am like, my throat's killing me, my nose is filled. If you're watching me on YouTube, I'm in a blanket. Most of you are like, well, most time you're in a jacket. I'm going through those body aches, if you know what I'm talking about. And yeah, a blanket's going to do me a lot more good than a jacket right now. Um, so I want to kind of go over what the game plan should be. The second thing, which is highly important to people, is I want to talk about my experience full-time RVing to give you guys an idea of whether it's worth, I'm going to use quotation marks here from a fan, sell the farm to go live the RV lifestyle full-time, okay? I want to give you the pros and cons of that. And that's going to be from my perception, though. So a lot of people have different perspectives of it. I'm going to give you my perspective. And the third thing I really want to cover with you guys is etiquette. There is a lot of problems right now with etiquette and If you're a dealership, this is important for you too. But the etiquette of a transaction, especially in the RV business, because it ain't a car. And I'm going to explain why as we go. Now, if you don't listen to this entire episode, if you guys don't know how I do things, I move around a lot. And there's a lot of context that I put into things. So you're going to miss out. Um, So... You know, make sure that you don't skip around. If you're going to listen to the whole episode and you don't have the time to do it in one sitting, put it on pause, listen to it later. You know, watch it in sections. I know I can be extremely boring sometimes, especially on the podcast. So my game plan for Grand Design. So first off, if you didn't hear what I did last episode, I asked for emails from current Grand Design fifth wheel customers. So that's your reflection, your solitude, and your momentum. Each trim, each model. And what I want to know is the model and the problem you're having. And I'm not talking about a hot water heater. I'm not talking about appliances. I'm talking about construction issues. Walls separating from floors, frames breaking, daylight being seen between the cap and the floor. And I asked people to email it to LevingstonRVServices at gmail.com. 
So I asked that yesterday, and if you don't know, if you're listening to this at a later date, I asked that on February 7th, today's February 8th. I have received 17 emails so far. And you guys all have a lot in common, but I want to gather more information before I reveal that. I want to get as many people on record. So that's one of the things I want to do. The second thing that's probably going to be the most helpful thing that customer consumers customers can do today whether you own a grand design or you don't don't buy one boycott grand design fifth wheels that would be my plan and if we can get enough emails from enough customers we can put together a class action lawsuit against grand design we need more than 17 we have to show a bigger pattern and that's where i'm going to segue into something remember what i constantly say I constantly say that Liz Amazing or Amazing Liz or whatever the hell she wants to call herself. She is not my cup of tea. All she does is just make everything seem like it's freaking Armageddon. But she's necessary. So I'm not talking crap because reality is... If I ever met her in person, and I've said this before, I would give her a high five and tell her, keep getting that bag. Keep making that money. Keep ringing that cash register. And that's not sarcasm, folks. I'm a capitalist. So I want to make sure for those of you that think I don't like her, I don't know her. I just can go only off the content. And the content to me has no context or perspective of what it really is like as an RV factory. She's never built one. She's never been inside a factory and worked a month putting them together. She's never had to deal with vendors to order parts. She's never had to register and, uh, and, and put together serial numbers in concurrence to track fire extinguisher problems microwave recalls she's never had to do any of that okay so that's why I'm, i bash and i give praise i give both but we can't go into and show pattern of stupidity unless I get these emails okay if we get enough people on board that have documented problems they've documented it with service departments documented it with the factory we could put something together but the only way this is really going to get solved is if grand design fifth wheels are boycotted now, if you like the Imagine and you like the Transcend, you like the travel trailers, so far, so good. I don't 
get a lot of people telling me that they have Armageddon type problems with the travel trailers. And because I've never been in the factory and not quite understand what their process of their engineering is, I couldn't tell you why they have the problems they have with their fifth wheels outside of the fact they're just trying to pump them out and cut corners to pump them out. And it's strange. But that's the only way that anything's going to change is if you hit their pocketbook. Okay? That being said, most of the exposed problems that you see on the internet, and this is not an excuse, because somebody told me that Liz Amazing made fun of me and said that, I didn't. I don't know if it's true or not, don't really care if it's true or not, but apparently that she said that my earthquake on wheels comment is bullshit. Well, it's not. Because it's a recreational vehicle. There are going to be problems, guys. That's why there's lemon laws. That's why there's, I covered this yesterday. That's why there's lemon laws in cars. That's why there's lemon laws in boats. No vehicle that moves on the road at high speeds is perfect. Doesn't matter what the name on the side of the vehicle says. It could say Lamborghini Ferrari. It could say Toyota. It could say Honda. They all have bad apples on the tree. It's not an excuse. It's a reality. There's jokes. And then there's Armageddon. And folks like Wingman Wisdom. And folks like Liz Amazing. They're a necessity in this industry. They're a necessity because they bring balance to sunshine and rainbows mr miles rv love you love your content but miles miles and matt are too much sunshine and rainbows and so you need the balance there now i'm the guy in between i'm the guy that just sits there and says look this is how it really is and a lot of you seem to appreciate that okay so Continue to send me those emails. Let's see if we can come together as a lifestyle and start shopping uh, different pigs. Okay. There's a, there's a saying that my boss says that pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Grand Design has become a hog, from what I'm understanding. So it's time to start looking for other pigs. There's lots of them out there, guys. There's a, a brand I wish I could carry called Alliance. I don't know about Brinkley. A lot of you asked me about Brinkley. I don't know about Brinkley yet. All I hear is the sunshine and freaking rainbows crap about it. I haven't been to... 
I haven't been in one to actually tell you what I actually think. Number one, Brinkley doesn't want me to go. I could tell you that those boys, because they came from Grand Design and came from Keystone, Montana, they more than likely don't want a guy like me to go inside their units. Not because they're doing anything wrong, but because they want you to feel like that warm and fuzzy. Like, it's so great. Look at the cabinets. Oh my god, the cabinets! They're so wonderful and it's such high quality. We do stuff nobody else does. And then I come in and go, Yeah, I've seen this before. (laughs) And it kind of ruins the glamour and the fairy dust right (laughs) sorry i have to laugh sometimes i can be a real sarcastic jerk you know i don't have guys look i don't have and, and and i'm gonna briefly talk about etiquette for a minute i don't have patience i have okay let me let me put it this way there is no such thing as coming up to me and asking me a stupid question I had a family drive 12 hours uh, yesterday, 12 hours overnight drive just to come and chit chat with me. I appreciate you guys coming down. I really do. That was a hell of a thing. I've never, I, I've never seen anybody do that for me before. And, and just come talk. You didn't buy anything, which is fine. You guys asked great questions, but the first thing out of your guys' mouth was, we don't want to ask any stupid questions. I have all the patience for questions and the quest of knowledge. Okay. I had one guy today drove five hours from a part in Arizona down to southern Nevada in the quest of knowledge. Wanted to pick my brain. Spent the day here. And the more he asked me questions, the more comfortable he felt. Like, wow, this guy really doesn't care that I'm not buying today. No. What I don't like is bullshit. I don't have time for it. Okay? I don't have time for game playing. There's going to be a review put up on my Facebook or my Yelp or something. I know it's coming because I'm a jerk. I'll give you a little background and how simple it really is. I gave the folks every opportunity to just talk to me and tell me what they want to accomplish. What do they want to accomplish on this visit? That's most of the time if I got somebody that says, It's the first time I've ever been shopping. That's a lie. Oh, we've never been to any other dealership. 85% of the time, that's a lie. And I understand why you lie. But nine times out of ten, once you kind of get to know me, you start going, wow, he's not a used car salesman. He's not a crooked little shake-around... Kurt Russell from Used Cars or Vin Diesel from Boiler Room. He's not the Wolf of Wall Street type sales guy. 
most of us, I'm not saying all of us, the majority of sales guys in this industry that have any clue what they're doing don't act like used car guys. So why would you treat them like that? Etiquette, guys. Sales guys at dealerships, if you're listening to this, and I may go into this more later on in this episode. You guys really need to step up your games. I know at least 30 of you listen to this podcast because of the way you comment, the way you snap back at me because you because I'm giving away information you don't want me to. Step up your game. Step up and be an educator. Then be a salesperson. I'm going to tell you guys, if you're in sales of any kind, first rule sales is know your craft. The second rule of sales is give the customer the knowledge that they need to help them make a decision. Don't be a freaking clown. Because you give the rest of us a bad name. Okay. I'll get more into that later in this episode. So I want to give you my perspective about full-time RVing. Okay. <clears throat> so first off, I want to start with the fact that I have mostly been a full-time RVer. And I say mostly. <laughs> I have lived out of an RV the majority of the year for the last four years. Probably a little less than that. If I actually think about it, it's probably a little less than that. Is it worth selling the farm to live in a fifth wheel, a motorhome, a travel trailer, a truck camper? Is it worth it? From my perspective... I'm going to try to do this nicely without cussing. <laughs> My perspective is it's worth it if you're strong enough. Okay. This is not about politics. This is about culture. If you are, and it doesn't matter what your age is, and it doesn't matter what your what your orientation, your sexual orientation is, or your skin color, nothing like that. It has nothing to do with that. Culturally, the RV lifestyle, you have to be tough if you're a full-time RVer. You have to be emotionally tough. You can't get triggered very easily. You can't be somebody that gets triggered really easily. You also can't be somebody that thinks if one little thing goes wrong, 
that your unit's a piece of shit. Can't do it. You can't be a full-time RVer without having the understanding that something will go wrong. Not if it goes wrong, when it goes wrong. So why I say that is because these are not homes. These are toys to go camping in. And outside of a select few, there's no such thing as a actual Four Seasons unit. I don't care what a manufacturer puts on the side of their coach. I don't care what the sticker says. They're full of shit. So my kids and my wife live in Klamath Falls, Oregon area. Right now, at night, up in the mountains, in the snow, it gets below zero degrees. And that happens off and on for about four months out of the year. Our Keystone Cougar has every single option on that fifth wheel you can get. The double insulated roof, sealed underbelly, 12-volt heated tanks, thermal pane or dual-pane windows, which dual-pane windows in the RV business is a joke. And yet the first night we stayed in a fifth wheel in 25-degree weather, plugged in, the damn furnace didn't shut off all Freaking night set at 68 degrees. So I'm sorry. It's complete, utter bullshit. Fifth, now there are exceptions, but you're spending. 150 plus, $150,000 plus to get those things. And even then, there's still things you need to do if you're going to full time in really cold weather. There's things that you have to do to full time in really hot weather. Guys, our factors are complete bullshit in this business. I know I've, I've cussed more than I normally do lately. And I'm sorry, but it's all horse manure. It's all garbage. Our factors mean nothing in a coach. Nothing. Because you have exposure to the elements through the windows. Windows... And my Cougar has double pane windows. You put your hand on those windows when it's been snowing. And you just sit there going, really? Because <coughs> dual pane windows in an RV are not the same thing as a house. 
It's not the same thing. So you go into my mother's house in the same area. She's got dual paint, brand new dual pane windows all the way around her house. When she turns on the electric heater she has and sets it at 65, 66, it'll turn on three to five times a night. Without the upgrades I made and my wife made on the fifth wheel, the Arctic packaged fifth wheel, that is, a that is a nice coach. I'm not bashing my own unit. I'm just telling you, it's not Four Seasons even though I stamped it on it. Without it, we would just run out of propane so quick because all, all, all that would happen all night is the furnace would just go off. So you got to be tough. You got to have the understanding that there are things you're going to need to do. So let me give you some of the things that I learned. And if you want to see some of that stuff, go to the normal main channel, HBRV Lifestyle, the normal channel. I have a playlist of living in the Cougar. You can see what I did to the windows. You can see what we did skirting the fifth wheel. Now it's planted in one location. But I came up with a list of things that I would do if you're going to move around, if you're going to be mobile. Okay. If you're going to be mobile, you want to get an easy insul in easy to install insulated skirt that goes around around the underbelly. Around the bottom. Seal off the bottom from the wind coming up against the tanks. The second thing is if you know you're going to do the majority of your camping plugged in, Carry a construction lamp with you. Everybody thinks I'm the crazy... What the hell would you want that for? Well, first off, a construction lamp, you don't need to point it upward. You just need to have a point... Let's say we put ours at the front of the fifth wheel, pointing towards the back. It doesn't supply a lot of heat like a... a a, a propane heater or a, a ceramic heater would but it doesn't draw much power and it keeps it just warm enough where your pipes don't freeze okay so that that's the second thing the third thing i would do <clears throat> is make makeshift window insulation So we use a type of bubble wrap insulation that you can buy at Home Depot. And we can use it every year on that Cougar. And we use uh, a type of tape that holds up in cold weather. Now the secret with that tape is you have to use baby oil and a few other things. Otherwise it's going to ruin your paint when you rip it, take it off. But rig something that either goes on the inside of your windows or on the outside of your windows, because we did those on the outside, to insulate your windows. Now, while it might block your view, it will help prevent the penetration 
of the cold, wet weather. Now, when you do that, you now need a dehumidifier inside each part of the coach. And then after that, <laughs> and the list gets longer, guys. And maybe I'll do a video on it. I might, when I go up in March or April and go see my kids and my wife, maybe I'll go up and do a video on it and kind of show you. But in order for you to not use all your damn propane up, there's a lot of things that you need to do to make your coach four season. Now, where I'm going with that is, I'm not telling you just go out and find an exposed underbelly coach and do all that. No, I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you that no matter what you buy, you're going to have to do some upgrades. Whether you're going to the desert in 115 degree weather, or you're going to be in super cold weather, whether you're going to stay stationary or you're going to be mobile, there's things you're going to have to do. It's a fact of life. Okay. Going back a little bit. I want to I want to celebrate today. Real quick, two things. First off, I hit 10,000 subscribers on the main YouTube channel. I about cried when it happened. You guys have to understand, my personality is a very direct personality. It took a lot of work for me to get good at selling RVs because my personality kind of sucks. I, I don't give people the warm and fuzzy and ain't it pretty, don't you want to buy it feeling. And I don't kiss your butt until the cows go home to try to make a deal. And I don't try to be your bloody friend. Never been like that. So I had to learn about how coaches were actually built. I had to learn the ins and outs of this stuff. Because my patience level... It isn't the best. I've learned to have patience. Don't get me wrong. I've learned to have a lot more patience than I did, God, 15 years ago. And I didn't think... I didn't think I'd have this type of growth. I didn't, I didn't think that I would actually have a voice.
And I want to thank you. I want to thank all my supporters. Thank my wife and kids. I want to thank Glenn Coverman. Glenn Coverman is one of the best owners I've ever worked for or worked with. And he's let me basically do my thing. I want to thank a man named Doug Bolter. Doug was a partner of mine helping me run a store. I'm going to tell you guys something. Without Doug Bolter, you don't have the Honey Badger. I originally started YouTube. The main YouTube channel, HBRV Lifestyle. Not for what it is today, but to have walkthrough videos on floor plans that we couldn't get it from from manufacturer websites. So we could plug them in into the back end of our website. And Doug pushed me. Like, okay, now that we've done a few of those, why don't you uh, do a finance video? He says, why don't you just put up how RV financing works. You're, you know more about it than the majority of the people in the entire industry. You know more about it than most of the bank reps. You know more about credit and what underwriters look at than underwriters themselves sometimes. So why don't you share that knowledge in separate videos? So I did that. Bad quality Android phone. He's the reason why I'm where I'm at today. From 2020 to the end of 2021, he's the reason why I'm here. Because I just kept taking it one step further and one more step further. And after a year and a half, I became monetized on my main channel. And then I thought, well, the ceiling for me is 5,000 subscribers probably because not everybody can stand my ass. And Doug made a joke one day. He probably doesn't remember this. And if Doug, if you're listening, you probably don't remember this. You're the one that suggested I start this podcast. He's like, you have more inside information than most people, most owners. And you should share it. You made a joke. You said, hey, you could be the Joe Rogan of RVs. I'm like, nobody's ever going to listen to me. Little did I know, huh? (laughs) So I just want to take that time to thank those guys. 
everybody else, you guys know who you guys are. Sean Zhang, you've been very helpful. Sean actually offered to invest in helping me grow the channels. And I told him, no, I don't want his money yet because I don't think I'm good enough for that. Which segues into etiquette, guys. Look, game playing is the worst freaking thing you can do. Walking into an RV dealership with the attitude that you're buying a car is not the right way of doing things. Because when you get a guy like me that actually knows what they're doing, can give you all the knowledge you need, and you game play with one of us, we're just going to sit there and look like we don't have time for this crap. I don't have time for a guy that tells me I don't know if I'm paying cash or financing. And I go walk out to your car as I pass by and I look at your tires and your tires are balding. I don't judge people by their actual car. I judge them by their tires. Now that might be unfair. But I'm rarely wrong. Guys, I understand the script. Ladies and gentlemen, I understand the script. Every one of you say the same five lines. And it works for you in a car dealership. It doesn't work in an RV dealership or a boat dealership when you want to actually talk to somebody that has the knowledge and can give you the information you need or help you track down the information that you need to make a decision. I would rather have somebody walk in and tell me, Hi, John. My timeline, my actual real buying timeline, is between three and six months from now. I've done a lot of shopping online. I've been to five different dealerships over the last seven months. This is what we like. This is what we don't like. And we'd like to see what you have available that may be similar or maybe you have a different idea. If somebody came in and told me that, I would give them all my attention I can until you're either too worn out or you're super confused and you need a break or until you do want to buy something. You have my attention. When you walk into the dealership and go, first lie, second lie, third lie, because you think that it's a car purchase, you've lost me. I'm done. I'm going to just sit there like, yeah, I'm not going to waste my time. Let me find somebody that actually wants to talk, actually wants to act like a human being and act like and, and give some respect. And this is where I compare it to, guys. 
And sales guys, I want you to hear this because this qualifies for salespeople and finance managers and everybody. This isn't just a customer. Okay. How would you like it if I walked into your place of business and pretty much wouldn't tell you anything? Just gave you a bunch of generic crap that I learned on the internet to say so that way I can't be sold anything. The other half of that etiquette, guys, stop telling a dealership when you walk in, hey, you ready to make a deal today? Are you ready to make a sale today? We all know you're full of absolute shit. You're not buying anything. The only time somebody's going to fall for that crap is if they're a green pea and they have no idea of anything. I, 15 years, not one person walked in and said, hey, we're here to buy something today and actually bought something that day. I've had people that walk in and say, hey, um, we've seen this toy hauler in person already. We see you have one on the lot. We just want to work numbers. I've sold a lot of people that. Let's say that. But to walk in and go, okay, who's here to sell me a trailer today? Most of us just look at each other like, oh, another idiot. I don't know if I'm going to pay cash or, cash or finance. I'm only interested in the out-the-door price. Sir, the car dealership is down that way. This is a luxury item. Come back when you're ready to answer questions. And not play games. They're really cool car guy. There's really cool car advice people. The Chevy guy, love him. Love him. Love his content. Super enjoy Chevy guy's freaking content. His advice does not apply to the RV business. Let me tell you why. I've negotiated too many deals when I was a green pea, when I was really green in this business. I negotiated a lot of out-the-door prices that people agreed to and never left the lot. One year, I had 10 straight people we came to an out-the-door figure deal with. And then we come sit down and go, okay, cash your finance. Well, we're going to go to our own credit union. Can we just get a purchase order? Give them a purchase order. They don't come back with a check. They don't even come back up come back to pick up the unit.
Stop lying. Hey, we're financing. We got pre-approved through our credit union. Who's your credit union? Uh, credit union is ABCD Union Credit Union. Great. What term and rate did they give you? So that way we can give you accurate numbers out the door, down payment and payment wise. Let's get all the information. That way you can see all the numbers all the way up front so you can make an educated decision. And then we're going to show you what we can do with our financing. So that way you have two options and you can just go A or B. Because once again, that is the right way of doing things. Price isn't the only important thing. It is important. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying the out-the-door price isn't important, even though I think it's a ridiculous thing to say. But every other box has to be checked. It's not the fucking auto industry. Period. And if you if you if you disagree with me, fine, disagree with me. I'm not the right guy to buy from then, because I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna move on. I'm not even gonna give you my info. I'm not even gonna give you the education you want. If you don't like it, fine. Eighty-five percent of people, when they get to know me, they just tell me flat out what they want to do. Fifteen percent of you want to play games. I'll, I'll, I'll take my chances with the 85%. I don't care to deal with the 15% of game players. Most of you are full of crap anyway and can't qualify for a loan. Or most of you are so full of it you guys lie and don't have the money. That's a fact. I understand keeping your guard up, guys. Don't get me wrong. I understand keeping your guard up. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Salespeople, finance managers, sales managers. And I'm talking to the bad apples, and I'm talking to the green people. The people are brand new to the industry, brand new to sales, brand new to it all. And I'm talking to the car guys that move, have just moved over RVs. When you're a slimy salesperson... When you're a sleazy finance guy who tries to always get one over on a customer, you guys are the damn reason why I have to say this shit on my podcast. Now, even though I'm very proud to say that my industry that I'm in, the industry I'm in, for the most part is like the super majority of people are awesome to work with and work for. And the super majority of salespeople and the super majority of finance guys are on the up and up. They're just trying to make a living. And then you have the skis balls, the slimy suckers. And I understand. And those slimy suckers are the ones that get movies that glorify them. You don't get the movie about the guy that actually is a really good at what he does, well-educated, well-talked, well-spoken, 
and good to his customers. You don't get that guy in the movies. You get the slime ball like Wolf of Wall Street or Boiler Room that gives salespeople a bad fucking name. And if you guys, who I'm talking to at the dealerships, decide not to have any ethics, piss off. Go go back to the car business. We don't need you. That slime ball sleazy attitude doesn't work in this industry. And if it's working for you temporarily right now, you're going to move around and bounce around dealer to dealer because it's eventually going to catch up to you. Because people with money and credit ain't going to put up with this shit. Period. Not going to do it. The people that have the ability to buy don't care for the sleazy salesperson routine. Eighty-five percent of people just want somebody they can trust that they can work with. The fifteen percent, I'll send them to you. You guys can go be sleazy and scumbags together, and play games, and then pound your chest afterward. This is the the, the thing about if you if if you're a guy at a dealership. This is not something that's a need. This is a want. This is a lifestyle. This is something, no matter if the people buy it new or used, they are going to lose their rear end on the value of it. And they don't get the same use out of it that they do a car. But a car is a necessity for people to go work, go get a job. It is a purchase people dread. Don't make the RV purchase something people dread to do. It's supposed to be a fun experience so that way people can enjoy the lifestyle. Don't overpromise. Don't underdeliver. Underpromise and over-deliver. Have people understand that they're not perfect. Stop telling people that's the perfect fifth wheel and it'll never break. Stop telling people that. Stop telling people they're never going to have a problem because it's the best unit ever built. Stop lying to people like that. I understand it's a wild, wild west. But be smart about it. Until next time, have a good one.